Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield approval is a game changer, and here's why Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop, and if rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. So you win either way. It's the kind of thinking you would expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. It's Tuesday, October 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, Jim Mueller. How are you? Hey, Chris. It's good to be here. Thanks for being here. We've got Netflix cutting yet another big check. We'll get to that. We'll get to an earnings preview. We got to start with the story that broke yesterday afternoon after we had taped yesterday's market foolery. And that is Google shutting down Google Plus, which honestly I wasn't even aware was still a thing. I, for those unfamiliar, and I'm assuming that's most people, Google Plus was Google's attempt at a social network. Right. Um, the first news. And by the way, there have been multiple reports on this story. From mainstream media outlets that are just out and out referring to this using some version of the word "failed," <laughs> Google Plus, comma the failed social network that right. Google, you know. Um, now, joking aside, they're shutting it down because there was a breach of some sort, a security breach. Yeah, they messed up. That happened six months ago. Well, no, no, it it. It started as early as 2015. They just discovered it six months ago. Well, this is getting better all the time. So, <laughs> so I mean, I think there are a couple of threads I want to pull here, and we'll get to the security one in a second. But I'm a little surprised. All joking aside, I'm a little surprised that Google Plus was still around because of Ruth Porat. Who's been the chief financial officer at Alphabet for a couple of years now has done a phenomenal job, and I just assume anything that is running at Alphabet has gotten Ruth Porat's sign off. And when I saw the news that Google Plus was being shut down before I knew anything about the security issue, I just thought, wow, I I would have assumed that that thing was killed years ago. Yeah, because they're. I mean, Facebook, right? So, I mean, and uh, their attempt to compete with Facebook, right? And they were already behind when they started. I mean, uh, Washington, uh, the Wall Street Journal had a great quote by Yusuf Squally: "Google was trying to be more powerful than the Pope when they launched it," and the Pope, in this case, being Facebook in in this. But why would you? It, it should not shouldn't have taken several years for them to figure out that they're not going to catch up. And so, why why keep it open? So, my assumption is they kept it open because at least on some level there was a business case somewhere. Maybe in and of itself, it was not a profitable entity, but it tied into other things that they were doing. Because they they kept it going. I mean, it it's been failing for a long time. They've kept it going, and now they're shutting it down because this discovery, you know, the discovery of this breach, which which they didn't reveal six months ago because they thought it would make them look bad. Well, you have to remember that's when uh, the Cambridge Analytica and Facebook story was still very much in the news, and everyone was being grilled by Congress and Google. Alphabet apparently didn't want to do that, or didn't want to play play in the same same field there, even though now. 
the story has come out as it does, and it's not so much that there was a breach that they didn't. Uh, it was that they didn't report it at the time, and so it's not the it's not the sin; it's the cover up that makes people even more upset. And and I think people have a right. I mean, and and even the reporting on this, they say they they didn't have a, a lot of activity logs on on the people who. Uh, the activity that these app designers uh, were were doing, they haven't talked to any of the app designers. They just looked at some and um, and noticed their profiles, and they hadn't had any complaints, and so they figured nothing probably happened, and so we're good. And in fact, maybe nothing nefarious was going on, but as you said, I mean, it's the cover up, and on top of which, I, part of my reaction to this story is. You're supposed to be good at this, aren't you? Isn't Alphabet supposed to be good at security? I expect a little bit, but rightly or wrongly, I expect more from Alphabet when it comes to data security and and being able to prevent any kind of a breach. I expect more from them than I do from Home Depot. I don't know why. Just to, <laughs> well, I, mean, I was going to say just to pick one like random retailer that in the last few years has said, oh, or Target or somebody yeah. like that. But but no, Google has this whole history of security problems. I mean, when Gmail was first launched, don't, don't you remember the the big hoopla? They were scanning people's emails to uh, then serve them ads better, and people pushed back and they said, okay, students and businesses and uh, government e- uh, users of this, we won't do that. But they only just recently stopped doing that on for everyone else, on Gmail, and then uh, on the Street View, the, the cars with the cameras. Uh, so they, for their Google Maps, uh, the Street View, you can go down and see what what the business looks like or your home. Uh, they were air quotes inadvertently picking up uh, data from uh, unsecured Wi-Fi's, such as URLs or passwords from people's homes. I mean, so. <laughs> Having high expectations of Google is nice, but it hasn't been really borne out. And I think it speaks more to the the whole issue about big data. I mean, Facebook's Cambridge Analytica story, uh, Targets uh, and Home Depots and everyone else's uh, breaches. In that, defense is hard because the offense always has the advantage, and they're going to find those loopholes. They're going to find those holes, and it's hard to imagine what all. Uh, what all can be done with this stuff? Do you think the whoever? Let me back up. Uh, when Facebook recently had the departure of uh, the executives from Instagram and the, the folks from WhatsApp and that sort of thing, uh, one of the things we were kicking around in the office was, boy, if you're if you're doing acquisitions for another big tech company, that's probably a nice talking point. Hey, you should you should let us buy us instead of Facebook because look at you know <laughs> what happens with those people. In that same vein, I think if you're whoever is in charge of advertising the burgeoning advertising business at Amazon, I think you gotta be, you gotta like this news because it's it's one more talking point for potential right. advertisers. Like oh well. Maybe cut down a little bit of your spend with Google and come on over to Amazon. Well, but just like Facebook was dominant uh, in social media back at the time, Google was the dominant player, the dominant source. I mean, Google's a, a verb now; it's not just the name of the company. Let's move on to the entertainment industry. Shares of Netflix up a little bit this morning on the news that Netflix is buying ABQ Studios. Uh, ABQ, short for Albuquerque, uh, based in New Mexico. Uh, ABQ Studios, uh, 
producer of, uh, or I should say, home to several television shows, most notably yep. Better Call Saul. Uh, this uh, I didn't see a price tag associated with this. Um, I'm assuming they didn't have to reveal that. Nothing's been announced, uh, and it's not even a done deal yet. Though the, the people from Albuquerque and, and the state of New Mexico are talking as if it is a done. I was going to say, wasn't there an event with like the governor of New Mexico <laughs> and the, the, you know the mayor and that sort of thing? But uh, for one thing, since the city of Albuquerque is contributing some funds, the city council has to approve the deal. And so that hasn't happened yet, but yeah, it looks like a, a nice deal for Netflix. Uh, they have uh, Albuquerque Studios, which has been on for sale for a few years now. Uh, it has nine sound stages, a production offices, a back lot. Has uh, been the site for some uh, uh, filming, such as Godless and Longmire, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I actually want to see. Well, that's the new Coen <laughs> that's, Brothers that's the, movie. That's right? the new Coen Brothers, yeah. and even uh, the Avengers, uh, twenty twelve. Uh, uh, Movie Avengers was filmed at uh, ABQ. So this seems to be right in line with uh, the the move that Netflix had a, a little while ago, moving their headquarters to Los Angeles. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think I think if you're I think if you're anyone else in the movie business. You you have to be viewing this news with a little bit of trepidation. Well, if you're in the Hollywood new movie business, but movies and film, uh, television and film are becoming bigness all over the place. And New Mexico had uh, 500 million dollars spent there last last year. Uh, Georgia has had over two billion dollars spent in filming in Georgia. It's 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 big business elsewhere, and, and states are seeing this opportunity and offering incentives, and so uh, places people are going all over the place. The UK, for instance, is a big place internationally. Uh, what I think this uh, plays into uh, not just the headquarters move of Netflix, but uh, some of the announcements they've had out of Europe. They have two offices already in Amsterdam and. Amsterdam and London. They recently announced a new office uh, in Paris, and then uh, a studio outside of Madrid, and then now a just a recent announcement of a new office in Madrid as well. And so, I think Netflix is making a, a serious play to uh, secure places to do its original programming and filming uh, around the world at at uh, and and be able to save on costs in the long run by doing so. It saves on costs, and it also is one more uh, one more carrot that they can offer to showrunners. Right. One more, right. you know, because we are starting to see some of the certainly the other major studios and the other television networks sort of uh, maybe not push back so much, but basically their selling point to a showrunner is, "Hey, look, we've only got." A few shows on our network, and we want yours to be one of them, and we're going to promote it in a way. Netflix, uh, you know, they're they're doing a fine job, but Netflix is basically going to give you a day's worth of promotion. Yeah. Um, are you surprised at all at the growth? Not so much in the business and the stock, but in the growth of the production side of things. The fact that they do have, like, you know, this is Albuquerque, this will get finalized, but the, the European operations? In one way, yes, because uh, at least here in America, we've been kind of trained that the big film uh, locations are Los Angeles and New York. Uh, but Netflix is showing that people know how to tell stories, write good stories, and they, and not all of them, in fact, a good number of them are not here in the U.S. 
And so I think they're taking advantage of that and uh, as part of their global expansion, finding a lot of those uh, international producers and storytellers. Uh, it, it, kudos to New Mexico, because when I was at South by Southwest earlier this year, in the trade show, there were a number of uh, states and municipalities that had set up booths. And a bunch of them were sort of making the pitch of, hey, here's why it's good to do business in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Here's right. why you should come to the greater Richmond, Virginia area, et cetera, that sort of thing. And for a bunch of them, Part of their pitch was to the entertainment industry, and I talked to the guy from. Uh, he was. It was a booth. It was. I'm going to get the name wrong, but it was essentially. Uh, it was from Florida, and it was an entertainment essentially wing, of of the of the state, and. Uh, basically, that guy was just sad. He was, and I was saying, are movies not being filmed in Florida? And he basically said, Georgia is just crushing the rest of us. Georgia has rolled out so many incentives that all these big studios, they're just going to Georgia. Yeah, they went from $60 million spent in Georgia, what, 2007, I think was the stat, to, oh, $2.7 billion (laughs) in, in last year, fiscal 17. So that's quite a bit of growth. Yeah, this guy, this guy had it right. Uh, quick shout out to Rocket Mortgage because of rising interest rates, a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home. Some folks are getting nervous, and our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about that. It's called the power buying process, and it works like this: Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer, and once you're verified. You qualify for their all-new, exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. And the best part is, if rates go up, your rate doesn't. It stays the same. And if rates go down, your rate also drops. So, you win either way. It's the kind of thinking you would expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, including New Mexico, including Georgia, <laughs> nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. We got earnings season kicking off at the end of this week, really starting to heat up next week. What is something you're going to be watching this earnings season? Well, I'm really curious as to how the tariffs and the trade war with China are going to play into earnings of various companies, and even even broader than that, just uh, basic economic uh, things. Uh, for instance, um, Ford uh, management has already come out and said we're going to lose a billion dollars because of this. And Ford Motor. Ford Motor, yeah. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago, I think they said that. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see how different types of companies, the management uh, might speak to it, how it affects their uh, margins, how it affects their costs of inputs. Um, companies like Facebook or Google, or I'm, I'm sorry, Alphabet or uh, Netflix, probably not too much because they don't really deal in physical goods. Uh, but companies like Apple, for instance, uh, a lot their phones are, a lot of their parts are made over in China. So how's that going to affect their margins and and what that might happen? This quarter might be a little too early to really start thinking, uh, looking at this, except for maybe what management has to say going about going forward, because that two hundred billion dollars of tariff of of goods being taxed now just only recently uh, rolled out. 
So, in terms of the tariffs, like I'm, I'm trying to think of what gets you. Does do you expect you could hear something on a conference call, or it comes out in an earnings announcement that makes you go, "Whoa, I didn't know it was going to affect you that much. I'm now out on this stock." Or do you, or does it make you go, "All right, now I just need to adjust my expectations." More the latter, uh, and it, I mean. The the economy and and the businesses are so tied together. I mean, uh, take just in time inventory, which so many retailers now use, pioneered by Dell, and and uh, I just recently learned uh, came about because the trucking industry was deregulated, so they could ship things more easily. Uh, but now almost everybody does just in time inventory. How is that going to be affected by the tariffs? How are the ports on the west coast going to be affected by the tariffs? How are the truckers and the rail companies that move those goods inland going to be affected by the tariffs? I mean, it it has it plays into so many different parts of business and the economy that you could be listening to a conference call from somebody of think nothing's going to Hurt this company, and they say, "Well, our our costs are going up two percent this uh, this next year because of the tariffs." And whoa, that would surprise me because I might not have realized that. But I don't think because I'm because we're long term investors here. I don't think that's going to uh, make me think I need to get out of the stock. I need to get out of the investment. Companies will adjust. It's going to be painful, but. Uh, Companies have to adjust for all kinds of things all the time, and this is just one more headache that they have to adjust to. Jim Mueller, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.